This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is the final hour of the program this morning. That means in about a half hour from now, we are going to check in with Claire Newell. We'll get some great travel destinations as well as some advice uh, to get safely on your way. But first, we are going to talk to an author who has written a book. And if you've ever wondered what it's like to be a pet sitter, well, that question will be answered. But not just any pet sitter. We are talking about being a pet sitter to the stars, to uh, celebrities. And uh, Laura Voyeur, and I hope I've said your name close to uh, correct, is the author of The Pet Sitter's Tale. And she joins me on the line now. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to speak with you. Well, it sounds like you've had quite the career being a pet sitter. How did you become a pet sitter to the stars? Uh, Quite accidentally. (laughs) Um, So I came out to Los Angeles from Chicago in 2002, wanting to pursue my career as a makeup artist and was failing miserably at that. Um, And one day I was picking up some extra money by walking an actress's dog, and I was on a lot and doing that very determinedly. And Paula Poundstone, the comedian, came out of a trailer and walked right up to me and said, hey, are you a professional dog walker? And I told her yes, (laughs) and I've never looked back. (laughs) (laughs) And so did you start walking her dog? Absolutely. So um, she came out of her trailer and she started marching over to me and I thought, oh gosh, don't make eye contact, don't talk to her, because I was so scared of getting thrown off the lot, you know, like I'm not supposed to be there, what am I doing? And she came right up to me and said, that was a really cute dog. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. And she said, are, are you a professional dog walker? And I thought, oh, my gosh, I could I could pitch her on being a makeup artist. But I took one look at her. I remember kind of glancing up and I'm thinking, no, that's not really going to go anywhere. You know that. I said, yes, I'm a professional dog walker. She said, well, I've got a dog, and his name is Cal. And, boy, he could really use the exercise because he's a lot to handle. And I said, sure, well, let me have him crack at him. And I met with her that week, which was great. I really needed something to happen quickly and I started walking her dog that day right after a meeting and she had me coming regularly to her home and walking her dog and then her neighbors kind of saw what was going on and started asking her for my information and by the end of the second week I had like four or five clients already (laughs) and did you worry at all that that you kind of fell into it and didn't have a lot of experience with the dogs or or with pet sitting Yes. Okay. So I was definitely worried, but I had had my own dogs growing up. And so I was familiar with dogs. Now, the problem with Paula's dog, Cal, was he was like baptism by fire because when I met with her, I saw that he was one, huge, not trained whatsoever, and three, really, really strong. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. She's going to find me out because I have no idea how I'm going to train this dog. So I was just thinking as she was watching me leave her yard, like, please don't let me lose the dog within her sight. Um, (laughs) But he was pulling me down the street and I was pulling him back like, come on, come on, let's go. So What I did was I went online, like everyone does, and I started looking around and trying to figure out the best way to walk him, you know, what kind of tools, harnesses, collars, commands, what I could do to make the walk a little bit more enjoyable for both of us because he was just pulling my arm out at every single walk, and he was was really over. He was the worst dog that I ever had. What kind of dog was he? He was a huge pit mix, just like this big lab pit 
mix looked really threatening but was very sweet and just so much energy. I mean, you know the type that's always slobbering, that always seems to be jumping on you, that is just like part kangaroo, I say. I mean, he was just, <laughs> he was just a handful. Oh, sounds uh, sounds like it. Now, were you able to go into the, in the book, uh, and if you if you had experiences where perhaps uh, the celebrity was over the top in how he or she treated the dogs, or you had kind of salacious stories, were you able to identify them and tell all of the stories that you wanted to tell? No, not all of them. I mean, a couple of them I did, but, you know, again, I'm still in the industry, and I don't want to be known as somebody who, you know, oh, she kissed and helped. But, um, you know, some of them I think you could kind of read between the lines and just realize that, okay, celebrities, they're not like us. They are accustomed to a certain type of treatment, and they want people to um, do whatever they ask immediately. So you can't sort of be like rolling your eyes to any sort of request. You have to just acquiesce or they'll find someone who'll do it. So paint Fluffy's nails. Okay, what color? You know, um, brush their teeth. Okay, you got it. Um, Comb their hair. How much? You know, it's just, you know, you just... Go with the flow, and whatever they ask, you say yes to it. That's, and that's been my <laughs> philosophy. Probably good, good, good advice to live by. Um, you mentioned uh, painting the dog's nails. So what's the what's the most out there thing you've had to do uh, for a celebrity client? Probably, you know, singing to the dog while they eat so that the dog's digestion is better and then singing that celebrity's songs to the dog while they eat so that, you know, the dog can really get get a sense of the song and really enjoy it so that it will be a huge success because the dog loves it. Wow. But so you had to sing the song, not just play the song. No, I had to sing the song. Wow. Sing the song. Wow. And were there, were there repercussions then if you got caught not uh, following the instructions? Um, you know, no, but I, I don't know if they ever knew if I did or didn't. But, you know, I would always assume that they had cameras. <laughs> Even if they did say to me, okay, there's a camera in the living room, there's a camera in this room, there's a camera, you know, these are where the cameras are. You know, I always kind of thought, like, they would know if I didn't do it. <laughs> and so I always tried to at least, you know, start off with a, uh, the, the couple lines that I knew and, you know, kind of just, trail off once the dog was gobbling down its dinner. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and how was it getting the trust? Because you do have to, anybody, celebrity or not, when you have a pet sitter or dog walker, you have to trust that person with a key to your place. They're coming and going to your place. Was it more difficult or did you did you have to do more to get the trust of celebrities? No. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? I did not because I wasn't just a stranger to them. I was a referral from another celebrity or their agent or somebody that I was already working for in Malibu or Beverly Hills or Bel Air. So everyone talks to everyone, and that was a big concern of mine, like, oh, my gosh, if I mess up with one person and something goes wrong, then everyone will fire me. Um, And so that's sort of my own, like, craziness, I, I would say. But it's true. So word of mouth is everything. I mean, celebrities aren't pulling off somebody's name off of a tree and going, oh, look at a dog walking around a pet sitter, and they had their flyer posted to a tree. I think I'll give them a try. So I think that for them, because you're coming through a referral, someone that they know, and it can get back to that person that they were unhappy or had a bad experience, I think that the trust is sort of immediately there. 
Yeah, that, that, that makes sense because it is, I mean, we, we are pet lovers. So we do uh, crazy things for our pets. I mean, they really are part of the family and we treat them uh, sometimes uh, even better than we treat the humans in our lives. Oh, I've seen it all the time. And, you know, I, I see it a lot with people that have especially teenagers. And I say, oh, my gosh, you know, they're so sweet to the pet and they love the dog so much. And it's you get that unconditional love from your pet. And, you know, it's like I say in the book, you know, our dogs, they're not crashing our cars and stealing our credit cards. You know, they're easier to love sometimes. <laughs> very, very true. Um, how, did, did, did you get to the point then where you had way more uh, stories to tell than you could fit in the book? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. And the book started out, it was around 400 pages, and I was working with an editor, and then, you know, it kept getting less. <laughs> this happens when you work with an editor. You know, you get a lot of red marks back in your manuscript, and then, you know, big X's through chapters, and we did a lot of combining. But I did take out a lot of the things that I thought were maybe too revealing, and maybe didn't paint the nicest picture. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I don't want to be the person who's known for, again, sort of kissing and telling, but I did include a lot of, I think, the funnier things, the more outlandish things, and I think people get a good sense of what it's like to work for celebrities or even just pet lovers because it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity, kind of like you said. People love their pets, and they can be over the top no matter what their status is. Very, very true. Uh, have you lost any clients because of the book or since the book's been out? No, no, I haven't. Um, I I don't think I would. I mean, I don't think anybody would read the book and say, oh, my gosh, this is me. Um, no, so knock on wood, that will continue. <laughs> I haven't gotten any, and I haven't lost any, so there you go. And, and do you still enjoy it? Is it something you get up every day and think, yeah, I want to go look after all of these animals? I do. I do still enjoy it. And um, the business has grown. I have a couple locations now. And I have so many regular clients that I just love the dogs. And I've been in business long enough now where, you know, I've had clients that came on with brand new puppies. And now, you know, their dogs are senior citizens. So I've grown and, and I've evolved and I've seen them grow and, and their dog has, has grown. So I do still love it. I, I couldn't do anything else. I mean, I love the animals. And I think that's what makes it so satisfying and rewarding and easy to be committed to is because I just I just have such an affinity for the pets. I mean, they're all wonderful, and, and I love them all, and I can't imagine a point when I wouldn't want to hang out with the pets because it's, it's a joyful experience. Uh, exactly. And like you said, when you grow up with them, too, it must be, well, we think of it as being lighthearted, but you must go through loss, too, when it, if somebody moves away or a pet passes on. That's got to be a tough part of the job. This is a tough part of a job, and I think it's a tough thing that a lot of people underestimate and maybe don't even realize. What happened to me was I had been walking um, a client's dog for many years, over 10 years, and uh, I saw the, you know, the dog went from being a puppy to a middle age and then senior, and we were in quite a routine. And, you know, when people would say, what a great dog, I'd never say, oh, I'm the dog walker, here's my card. I would always just say thanks and, you know, kind of like let the person assume the dog was mine and... I did feel like I was as much the owner of that dog that anybody else was. And I returned to the house one day, and the husband and wife were going to get divorced, and they were going to move. And they said, you know, today's your last day. And I said, oh, well, what do you mean? And they said, yeah, we don't need you anymore, so thanks very much, and here's your final check, and, you know, goodbye. And I was 
I just remember just bursting into tears and thinking like, well, no, I mean, that, that's not going to work for me. You know? <laughs> I can't get fired. This is like my dog. And I just remember them, you know, sort of thinking like, oh, well, you know, you're just the pet sitter. You're just the dog walker. It's nothing. And we're having this, you know, major life change ourselves and we can't be involved with what your feelings are. And I just remember going into my car and sitting in my car and crying and thinking, you know what, I'm never going to see the dog again. That was the last walk. And they didn't tell me before, and now I know. And it was, I was devastated. I mean, I went into a little tailspin of depression. Now, you know, the client is gone and the pet's gone, but I don't get to see the dog anymore. And, you know, that can be crushing, and I think people don't realize how attached as a professional pet sitter or dog walker, that you can get to their pets and they're sort of just a little callous about that. So, yeah, it can be a crushing blow to be let go of, you know, I guess it would be just like a nanny or something when you're, you know, attached to another living being and all of a sudden it's just that attachment is cut. Yeah, in, indeed. Well, the, the book is not uh, all uh, sadness, a, a lot of funny stories and uh, hilarity from uh, your many, many years or more than 15 years of doing this. Uh, Laura, how do you pronounce your last name? It's like Warrior with a V, Warrior. You got it. Warrior. Okay, excellent. And the book is out if people want to read it. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Ow. Oh, so nice to talk to you. Thank you. All right. That is Laura Vorrier. She is the author of The Pet Sitter's Tale. If you want to learn more about what it has been like to be the pet sitter to many, many celebrities, you can pick it up. Again, it's called The Pet Sitter's Tale. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.